Welcome back to another episode of Picking Bones. We are here to pick the biggest, the nastiest, the most infuriating issues. We're here to pick them apart within the hunting world. And that's not always what we'll do. Sometimes, you know, I just had like this stroke of genius today at work. We should just, some of these episodes, just dedicate it to one, like, dynamite wild game recipe or something like that maybe we'll do mm. something like that we've done other topics okay we've I had like that. we've had all sorts of things that we've talked about here on picking bones but tonight we're going to go with another hot button issue something that's been going on over the last month another trail cam ban has rolled out and unlike some of the other ones you've heard recently like arizona which is just a blanket ban i believe uh, actually, Alex, I'm going to ask you on that. Uh, is that a blanket ban or is it only on public land for Arizona? Do you remember? Well, that's a good question. Um, I don't, but I think it was public. Yeah. I th- the thing um, is, it Alex, seems like Arizona was a blanket ban, but Alex hey, is such a good guy. He doesn't even need him. He just, he doesn't right, even need him. Right. He gets get you what you want without a trail camera. Well, that's right. C- Caleb, I'm going to give you some homework here. Can you check that out real quick? Cause just so yeah, we can absolutely. have the right, the right, do a little Googling. Um, yeah. but, uh, there's been talk like that. Um, there's, uh, Montana is a conditional state. I think it's only during hunting season. You're not allowed to use them in Montana. Uh, Utah, I think is kind of going the same route, something like that. And there's also been related issues like, um, uh, I think the idea was they kind of went after the group, which we should get them on the podcast sometime. Uh, the scout to hunt way of doing things where they would uh, basically set out all these trail cameras and then sell the uh, data, sell the pictures that they got at a couple of their different spots. Nice. And uh, um, so some states have made bans on just that type of activity specifically. Um. And uh, I guess I learned today I from listening to uh, Cal's Week in Review, uh, which is an excellent show, by the way. Everyone should listen to Cal's Week in Review. It's a 20-ish minute episode every Monday, uh, run through Meteor. We actually had Cal on uh, my work podcast, the Prairie Farm podcast, and uh, just a phenomenal conversation with a really cool guy there. But um, he talked about uh, that there's been a similar band to the one that we're going to talk about tonight that's been going on in Missouri for years mm. now. So all that to say, there's already quite a few trail camera rules and even outright bands that are in place. But the latest is in the great whitetail state of Kansas. Kansas mm-hmm. is right up there with uh, Iowa, Illinois, um, I guess you could say Indiana would be another uh, trophy buck state, but Kansas is right up there just with the cream of the crop. And uh, mm-hmm. so from like a state revenue standpoint, uh, just like all the other big whitetail states, ag is going to be you know the, the biggest thing that's driving the economy there. But after that, you know, there's some industry, I'm sure, but, uh, you know, it, it gets kind of interesting for how – you know, the industry changes once you get past in these, in these states that we just referenced, once you get past the ag side of their economy, what is it that really brings in a lot of dollars? And I'm not saying that hunting is going to be like in the top five, 
But for a lot of small town communities uh, in the middle of nowhere, but in the heart of great whitetail country, hunting is definitely one of their their top uh you know, things that they have going for them, you know, that brings people into, I mean, Alex, you're one of those people, right? Oh yeah. You've gone to Kansas for staying at, staying at hotels and, and eating at restaurants and, and all that stuff to uh, get out there and hunt whitetails. And so when you start messing around with that, uh, things get interesting. So, uh, what I mean, what do you guys think? I don't know how much you've uh, researched the topic yourself, but maybe what are just your thoughts in general? We'll start with on trail cam bands that have been going into place here in the last oh several years. Mm-hmm. Well, you asked about Arizona, so I'm trying to recollect back. I I'm pretty sure. I don't. I wouldn't say blanket slate. I'm pretty sure. It involved public land, but it could have involved private too. But it was it was lingoed in the sense of if it was in the aid of locating an oh, animal. Oh yeah, yep. that's what it so, is. It, it didn't. I yep. from what I've seen here, it's not specifying land type, like public right. or private. But it was right. yeah. It's it, but there's a clause in there though that says yeah. if it's you know if it's not for the aid but for the research mm. which right. i mean i'm like so so essentially as far as hunting I, concern is concerned I, I could i could tell you like people are still rolling cameras in arizona how old their bucks are getting are rolling <laughs> with them and and saying that they're they're taking pictures of animals it's for their cattle all these other things they're they're still figuring out where these animals are sure uh using them but but you know you're not going to put them on a watering hole right like that that's your blitz right there of saying like okay well now this is a thing Mm -hmm. um now i know good guides or or outfitters with with integrity that are not using cameras because they don't you know you don't have to but i could tell you there's there are folks that are still using it um it is what it is my my feeling to it so like kansas is on private property if i recall from the initial thing that i read i don't, I don't or no i'm sorry it was on public and on private property we're still good so like i'm thinking for myself if i'm hunting in kansas i'm hunting private right so it's not going to affect me yeah. and there's a lot more private on farms and stuff like that so you know do i care as much no do do we use trail cameras yes not a lot um i don't don't know i i it's interesting i think it's just how you hunt and and what you're what you're trying to do in general my opinion i'm torn Mm. probably my best opinion right there I'm, i'm torn because i can see the advantage or the recon especially if you're you know, if you're if you're somebody traveling, for example, right? I'm thinking, hey, I'm going out west. I'm gonna I'm I'm trying to hunt mule deer, and I come across a travel corridor. I'm only hunting for five days, and I want to go slap a camera up there. Yeah, What's the right. harm in that? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But it always it always goes down to, you know, there's folks that are, uh, you know, not playing an honest game, or they're putting it on there and they just ruin it for everybody else right so 
at the end of the day, like other folks are getting penalized because somebody screwed up or multiple people screwed up. So that's my opinion. But I mean, if there weren't any trail cameras, I don't care. I'm still going to hunt and I'm still going to kill stuff because I put the effort in and obviously I have the knowledge behind it, but it is what it is. <laughs> no, I think yeah. that I think you stated your case well there. And uh, I like what you said too about, you know, it's oftentimes the, I had a, I had a friend who he's, he quoted his dad. So it was a, the dad of a friend's quote. Uh, he said, behind every rule, there is a face. And uh, mm-hmm. it's true. You know, somebody blows it for, or enough somebody's blow it for everybody else by, you right. know, uh, you know, abusing the privilege. And um, uh, with cameras here in the last, oh, what, three years? Is that kind of like the time frame, right? That cell cams have really, maybe five would be a better number. Cell cams have just become so huge. And there's a lot of guys that use them appropriately. You know, it's like, hey, I'm going to put this in a spot that I just can't access during the season because um, I'll ruin the hunting by wa- by just walking in there. And mm-hmm. I really want to know if this buck is still alive or if he's, you know, I think I know where his bedding area is and I want to be able to confirm that. And, uh, but then there's guys that could be like, oh, just got my text notification. You know, Big Willie is out in the you know old cow pasture i'm right. gonna i'm gonna go out and and uh and you know get the drop on him now or you know okay i know he just walked by this tree i was planning to hunt him over here tonight because i thought everything was going to be right but he's over on the other side of the farm time to move you know mm-hmm. and when you do that you start to really question you know the fair chase side of things i think and uh so for that for that part of it i you know i guess i kind of see where they're coming from but the other part of me uh um is once we start losing things losing rights or privileges as hunters um they stay gone in most cases there's a few cases of where that's not true example that would be the new jersey uh, bear hunt ban um, mm-hmm. but that was more just, they realized how terrible of an idea it was that right, right. <laughs> a lot number, of bears around here. Now. Yeah. All of a sudden. Exactly. Yeah. There's Everybody's so many cats disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's trash cans dumped trash over in the, the street. Just, yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, there are cases where you do get something back, but most times, no, once it's gone, it's gone. Um, I did, I did a screenshot, a few things here and then we'll have Caleb kind of close us out tonight. Um, from an article that I wrote, or re- not wrote, uh, read in North American Whitetail. Um, and uh, this this part actually kind of surprised me a little bit. And uh, I think it's where I really feel it it's an overreach. And so this is a direct quote from uh, that article. Uh, let me uh, get the title of that article for everybody here real quick. The title is... Kansas latest state to ban trail camera use by Dale Evans. Okay, so here's the quote that I found. Though Kansas is only comprised of about 3% of public land, the ban directly applies to all Kansas Department of uh, uh, KDP 
PW. I'm not sure what P, parks and wildlife, maybe Kansas Probably. Department of Parks and Wildlife lands roughly uh, 300,000 acres of wildlife areas, as well as the nearly 1.5 million acres of private property enrolled in Kansas's walk-in hunting access program. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't just apply to public land. Yes, public may access that land, and those landowners receive most likely some kind of financial compensation, not to get rich off of, but just to help maintain, you know, access roads and stuff like that. Um, But it applies even to people's own land that they, I mean, so imagine, let's say, uh, uh, so uh, I'm going to uh, see... uh, Doug Duran here very soon does a lot of stuff with meat eater and uh, uh, we're going to do a work podcast with him uh, talking about his new program that he started called sharing the land. Well, sharing the land allows people to come and use your private land to hunt, but you can still hunt it yourself. So let's say now you have, you have, you're, you're allowing people to come and hunt your ground. You're just super generous like Doug is and you still hunt your own ground yourself. Are you not allowed to run trail cameras on your own property now because you're enrolled in that walk-in program? You know, it's it just seems like it seems like a real reach on people's mm-hmm. rights. And I think yeah. when, whenever you know we go back to the thing, every rule has a face. Just deal with those people. You know what I mean? And as a as a hunting community, when you uh, pay that little extra donation to the tip program turn in poachers program or whatever uh actually go the other part too and turn in a poacher you know turn in if somebody's doing something illegal or if you know somebody is doing something unethical you know confront that person you know right you have some backbone be like hey dude i you know first of all great animal but you're gonna kill him like that you know that dude come on Sure, even if it's not illegal, we both know that there's not a lot of honor in what you did there, you know, and how you used that that cell camera or whatever, you know, and and try and, you know, create some positive peer pressure to do things the right way, I would say, you know, instead of having to have legislation handed down. So all in all, I am not in favor of the Kansas trail camera bans. Um, that being said, I can see some of the points. Another thing I wanted to put in there too, um, and then we'll let Caleb finish this up here is, uh, it is interesting cause it does sound like they're doing this to protect people more than wildlife in the case of Kansas. Like, uh, they talked about in the article, uh, I have another quote here, same article from North American whitetail, um, it said, uh, commissioner Gerald Lauber says, There are some deleterious issues when it comes to trail cameras. Cameras are used to spy on other hunters, and some people recoil from seeing a camera. They're private. They don't want to have somebody take their picture and then have it on Facebook. So there's another lesson in there, too, you know. Uh, I always Mm -hmm. worry about that when i got to take a leak out in the woods or something. Am I going to be on (laughs) candid camera, you know? Uh, And, uh, you know, so we need to have a community that we can trust that's not going to embarrass somebody like that or, or, uh, you know, um, in the case of spying on other hunters, come on, 
you know, don't, don't be that person either. But overall, definitely not in favor of the ban. I just wish people um, would be allowed to make good decisions on their own. And when they don't, we as a community could police it ourselves. Caleb, what do you I, got, buddy? Yeah. So clarifying question here. Are the are these places, because I, I guess I didn't check when I was on that Arizona page, are they just self cams or but it's all trail cameras? Is that all right? That's all yep, trail cams. All of them. Even if yeah. it still runs on a little uh, canister of film. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that uh, ex- is that. Ex- does that even exist? Um, it did at one time. Yeah, that's funny. So, um, for me, I think I, I would probably sit in a, a place of I'm torn, and I I want to re- reference like the last pick and bones of the the crossbows. You know. I, I don't sit on that I, fence, I, Caleb. <laughs> well, I, 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 I like in, in the crossbow sense, right? Like I, I said, I, you know, I don't want to, I hope I never have to use one myself. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, and part of with a crossbow for me is like it, it, on the surface, I'm like, does it really affect me that greatly? And I would say with a trail camera band, it's somewhere similarly, like a more selfish or like a personal perspective. I would, I first analyze that through that lens of, how much is this going to affect me in my own hunting? And, right. and I think that that depends. And I think that's where like the highlighting of like the articles you've read. And like, I was thinking too, is like, what's the amount of public land in a state? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a huge factor because like in a state like Kansas, there's a lot less in a state like Iowa, there's a lot more in a state like Illinois. Well, a lot less actually, public land. Ac- actually in, in Iowa, we had, we're about just as low of uh, public land as Kansas. Oh, about three okay. three percent of our three yeah. percent of land in Iowa, I believe, is is uh, public. I guess the walk-in would be that probably helps Kansas quite a bit then. And that, yeah, aspect. I think that that sounds to me like they have more walk-in access than we do here in Iowa. But right, right. Well, and so I think for me, I think about that as that aspect of it for the general public. You know, if I've if somebody has a a ranch in Iowa that's 500 acres and has 37 food plots, and they run trail cameras, those deer, even if I hunt within a mile of that place, it's not going to affect me. They're not leaving that guy's property, yeah, most likely. Right. Um, yep. You know, so for you know, for Dale down the road to be just monitoring all his bucks and trying to figure out, you know, oh, this one's walking past my camera. Uh, for me, that's probably not going to affect it that much um, as far as hunting goes. So I, I think I would say in general because of those things and for I think I would consider myself maybe in the majority or like average of like type of a guy that doesn't own land. I hunt permission and uh, you know, I'm still like at public land and it's like, so if that's, you know, most people, then I, I'm against the trail cam ban because for me, it's like, I look at it as number one, there's an aspect and you and I've talked about this, Kent, that it's kind of fun to not run trail cameras because yeah, you definitely. get the surprise factor of mm-hmm. what, of this buck. I, I, he got me excited, you know, I, I shot him, you know, or whatever. Um, but on the flip side, I really like if I'm, you know, without shed hunting and trail camera information, I'm not going to know what bucks are in the area. Yeah. So I could shoot something that I probably am like, yeah, it got me excited. But if I would have known, you know, X, Y, Z bucks are there, then it's probably, I probably am not drawn back or shooting that, you know, in that, in that sense, depending on what your, you know, your standards are, how you like to hunt. If you're trying to hunt, like, Oh, I shoot the next biggest class of buck or whatever you might be doing. So in that way, cause I think in that case, it's like, well, how do you do that? Like, well, 
the only way really to do it is to be out there scouting, I guess, and maybe even pushing the deer. So, yeah. um, that to me is like, and that's, a, that's a great argument there, Caleb. That's one that's been made that I've heard made in, against this is if it is about the wildlife, you're now making it that if somebody's going to do some scouting, it's going to be much more intrusive. Like you just said, right. it's a great point. You gotta, like, instead of having cameras, you might have 37 guys on like in Arizona, for instance, over the water hole within a half mile, like looking down, like oh, it's yeah. just like, or, or like, you have way more observation do. stands. Cause one of the things they Correct. talked about too, in uh, when they were like voting on this was how trail cameras on public land lead to hunter conflict. Like guys fight over trail cameras. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true, I don't think. I've never heard of that. I've heard of guys stealing trail cameras, but you don't even usually right. know who it is that's doing it. And yeah. and uh, uh, so as far as conflict goes, things people have conflicts over all the time on public land that you hear about, tree stands. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now yeah. if, you, if everyone's putting up observation stands everywhere and there's a limited number, especially in a state like Kansas where there's a limited yeah. number of trees – now yeah. you're now you're looking yeah. at some conflict you know if yeah. if uh you know the guy who was spending ten thousand dollars on trail cameras is now going to spend ten thousand dollars on uh tree stands good luck you know not having a fight on your <laughs> yeah. hands there right well i also think when you look at a trail camera like in my opinion i could put out i don't know you could put out a lot of cameras on any given oh, property yeah. And you may think you know every single deer and you know exactly how they travel, but I would argue that it's very difficult unless you have like hundreds or almost like, you know, yeah. like. Which there are guys deer, that do. There are guys yeah. that do. Oh, yeah. I'm always that, like, I hear those interviews from time to time and I'm like, you have how many trail yeah, cameras? It's, Holy it's cow. like, which, which, but, but the reason being is because you can have 50 and you can have deer you that walk behind them. Yep. You never catch them. That's I mean, right. you can't, you can't cover every corner and i think at that point if you get that far where you have to know what every deer on the property is then i would have i would probably argue hey step back a second and what are, yep. what is your what are you what are you doing this for like yeah. are you even enjoying this like that's just stressful man like for, yeah for I, think, I think a part a part and i'll probably catch some flack on this but a part to reasonable living is <laughs> is to not um not exercise every right into complete excess you know what i mean it's kind of like if someone gotta be some moderation right (laughs) and and i mean and that can be different based on whatever the subject matter is but let's say i get hunting or yeah hunting permission to hunt Mm -hmm. we'll say hunt pheasants Mm -hmm. on somebody's property and i'm going out there every single weekend and i'm shooting a limit every single weekend Oh, it's right. my right. I got permission. I can do this, mm-hmm. right? But I'm in, I'm exercising my right to an excess, and the same you can see the same thing in other in other ways too. You know, like if, and so in the case where people start to look at hunting and they start seeing, well, of course you shot that giant buck. You literally have 150 trail cameras on your property, and mm-hmm. half of them are cell cameras. Then yeah, you're probably exercising your right to a point of excess that's causing people to, uh, to look negatively on the whole thing, and mm-hmm. you don't you don't want to stir stuff up like that. I'm not saying that it's wrong necessarily to do that, but it does it does start to put things on the radar when 
you know, when there is no moderation, I guess, is kind of like a good word that Alex said. But, but yeah, all things to think about, all, a, uh, all wrapped up in this new hot-button issue. So if you haven't heard about it yet, make sure you look into it and also be checking in with your uh, state. Uh, new laws like this are proposed all of the time in pretty much every mm-hmm. state. You need mm-hmm. to be active. And uh, remember, we talked about this with the crossbow thing, too. Uh, last week, it isn't your Department of Natural Resources or its equivalent that makes the laws. They make the recommendations in a lot of cases. And I'm going to guess that uh, in Kansas, I would imagine that their uh, Department of of Natural Resources or their equivalent, their biologists probably were in favor of keeping them because they probably get some meaningful data from those trail cameras here in Iowa, about five years ago, we found out that a species of animal, a mammal, a fisher cat that hadn't been seen in Iowa since the 1890s. Some hunter caught it on a trail camera and it was the first one documented in the state for well over a hundred years, you know? (laughs) So there's important data that comes from that. So, you know, you probably don't need to really be talking to them. You need to be talking to your lawmakers is my point. They're the ones that, that make these laws and uh, if they can hear your opinion. And that was another one of the problems I heard with the Kansas deal was not a huge turnout from hunters there as this was uh, uh, going down to be voted on. So make sure our voices are heard if we want to keep these issues from affecting our own hunts in our own places. But I just want to remind you, though, uh, that Alex here is one of the sponsors of this podcast. Make sure you head over to easttowesthunts.com. Alex can get you set up on a hunt in a great whitetail state like Kansas or Iowa or Indiana or Illinois or Ohio or wherever you want to go. <laughs> he can do it. He know, He's the guy to talk to. Also, everything, you know, big game out west or even uh, if you wanted to talk to him. Shoot, I'm sure you could talk to Alex about wanting to go and get a crazy shed hunt somewhere Alex would be able to find the guys to talk to and uh, could help you get that set up as well. He literally takes care of it all. He is the best in the business. I don't care who else you know. Alex is the best in the business. Go to easttowesthunts.com. Use that promo code FIRSTGEN10 at checkout. Save yourself some dinero. Use that dinero then on our presenting sponsor, good old Spartan Forge. A lot of cool things shaking up over there at Spartan Forge. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said on a previous episode, just talked to Bill here uh, about a week and a half ago. Man, what a good guy, by the way. I just love talking to Bill. Such a good guy. One of the best guys in the business uh, as far as the industry goes. And uh, certainly, uh, we are big fans here at First Gen Hunter of Spartan Forge. Caleb and I are on that bad boy every single day, sharing stuff with each other, screenshots, pins, all that stuff that we uh, uh, like to uh, pass back and forth between each other uh, so that we can uh, dial in on our whitetail efforts. And uh, during the season, of course, you can pick up and use the Deer Behavior Predictor, which is a phenomenal tool to help you know when is your best opportunity to be in the stand. So make sure you head over to Spartan Forge. You can find a link in my link tree on Instagram or even in the show notes and uh, get that uh, rolling for yourself there. So big thank you to Spartan Forge, the presenting sponsor of this podcast. And a big thank you to Alex and Caleb for jumping on for Pick and Bones episode. Big thank you to the listeners. 
please reach out. Let us know your opinion on the trail camera bands or anything else that we talked about. We're good with the cheers and jeers, whatever you want to send our way. And uh, until next time, everyone, take care and take someone hunting.